on the level right now. Just please leave your name and number, and I'll get back with you as soon as I can. I can hear you now. I'm just imagining you picking up the phone saying, what's up with you? Man, what I would give to hear that right now. I'm not going to lie to you. What I would give to hear. I just want to check in with you. Let you know how everybody been doing. What everybody been up to. What I've been up to. You know, these last several months, OG, it's, it's been a roller coaster. A roller coaster. Everybody doing their part. Everybody is trying to, you know, keep their head high and, you know, get their hustle on for you. You know, I try to check in for with everybody from time to time. And it just seems like every time I check in with Papa, he just can't seem to sit down somewhere. He cutting somebody else grass, working on somebody's car, doing something. Like, man, sit down somewhere. You have done enough. You have done enough. Twin, I think Twin and watched every car in Waco right now with his detail business. You know, he got, he booked almost every weekend. He telling people, I got to make, you know, bookings. Y'all got to make bookings weeks in advance. All that. He out here working, working. I love to see it. Oh, I love to see it. Alicia, she in a new city every time I look up. She in California one minute, Vegas the next, Atlanta the next, and she told me she was going somewhere new last week. I can't even remember. I think she said she's going to the moon. <laughs> I said, but I, I fuck with it. And speaking of traveling, I ain't know Chrissy was a travel agent. And she got client, her clientele didn't look like it didn't grew 300% or something. I don't know, but every other day I look up and she booking somebody else a new flight somewhere new. And she talking about how, you know, the person in love, they experience, you know, so I love to see it. She can her hustle on as well. But speaking of hustlers, that daughter of yours, <laughs> little mama, oh, she a hustler. She is a hustler to the truest extent of the word. She is a hustler. But the crazy part is little mama's having a little mama. <laughs> Shit crazy, right? Your first grandchild, Ray Jordan Callahan. I can't believe it. Hell, I, she can't believe it. She always talking about something. I can't believe every day I wake up. I can't believe I'm about to be somebody mama. <laughs> but no, nah, I can't wait till she get here. She doing August. And I'm, each, each day go by, get close to that date. I'm nervous. <laughs> you thought I was having a baby or something like that. But no, nah, I know she nervous too. But, you know, she going to rock out. She gonna, I know she's going to be a good mom. I told her, I said, you can't be little mama no more. That, that, go, to, that go to baby Ray. She little mama. As for me, I started that podcast I told you about, my best friend I was telling you about. Yeah, it's dope. It's dope. Remember, I was telling you about it. You was like, she from St. Louis. I was like, yeah, she from St. Louis. Oh, I know she go hard. I, I know she go hard. Yeah, she go hard. Oh, I, I, yeah, I need to meet her. I know she go hard. I know she, ooh. <laughs> I started laughing. But nah, that's my, that's my dog. That's my ace right there, man. But I mean, I wish you could hear this podcast. Uh, Cause I remember I was telling you about it at the same time. You was like, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna list that motherfucker every week. I'm telling everybody about it. Tune in. Let me know when it drop. You need some help? Call your sister. 
you know, she didn't gave me a couple of pointers and some advice on you know, how I could promote it a lot better. So I appreciate her for that. But everybody telling us they like our vibe, they like our chemistry. So, you know, we working, we working. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get my hustle on too. So we working. But, uh, like I said, it's been a, it's been a rough several months for everybody, but we doing our best to keep your memory alive and to make you proud of us. As far as me, it's, I ain't gonna lie to you, OG. It's been real rough for me. You know, I'm just speaking for myself now, but it's crazy when I think about it that the two people I wanted to meet the most ain't even here no more. And that was Kobe Bryant and you. <laughs> I said, but to be real with you, had I had the chance to meet Kobe, it would have been minuscule. It would have been minuscule in comparison to the day I met you. Because growing up, you was like an urban legend to me. You was like something of folklore or something like that. When I was growing up, people were like, I didn't have no pictures of you when I was growing up. So I didn't know what you looked like until I got, until I was an adult. But people would tell me these stories about you. The cars that you had, the businesses that you own. They told me a lot of, they told me a lot of stories. Every story you could think of. Yeah, they told it to me. And in my mind, I'm like, that's my pops that did all that? And they were like, yeah. And they'll get to end these stories, and then my question will always be the same. What my dad look like? What do he look like? You know, somebody can somebody show me a picture or something. What do he look like? They'll tell me, go look in the mirror. Go look in the mirror. So, I'm, you know, you telling that to a six, seven-year-old kid to go look in the mirror. All I see is my reflection. Yeah, y'all look exactly alike. I'm like, ain't no way in hell we look exactly alike. I'm thinking like that as a six-year-old kid. Like, I need to see a photo. I can't put my face on these stories that y'all telling me. So that's why I said growing up, you was like an urban legend to me, uh, a mystery. Because, you know, we didn't, when I was younger, you know, we communicated early, but then it just stopped. And not only communication with you, but communication with that entire side of the family. So it was kind of like, I ain't know where I came from or I ain't know, you know, I didn't really get a chance to understand what my last name means growing up. So, and it was, and it was hard for me a little bit, you know, growing up. And I ain't saying I had it hard. No, I ain't saying I had a hard life or I struggled. Hell no. I neither did the damn thing. And then some. And then some, and she continued to do the damn thing. And then some, and you know, I got Chanel, Jackie, my TT, you know, Uncle Carrie, you know, he always looked out for me, Uncle James, my Paul, and you know, my granny, you know, my granny didn't play about me. Not at all. Not at all. But, um, it was, it was hard in the sense of, being around cousins, being around my friends, you know, I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't never told them this, but I was a little jealous going up, you know, seeing them with their pops. They going out doing father son things, going to football games, going to this and that. And I was like, damn, I wish I had that, you know. And I know kids grow up without, you know, both parents, for all they matter, but I knew I had a dad. I knew my pops loved me and I knew he didn't leave me on purpose. And so that was kind of like the hard thing. Like, I just, like, I just need my dad to come home. You know, I ain't, I ain't got to have nothing else. I just need my dad to come home. That was like the biggest dream I ever had was just my dad coming home 
and seeing my pops and kicking it with my pops. But, you know, my papa, my uncles, they did their best to try to include me on certain things. And I ain't gonna lie to you. I never told my uncle Kerry this, but he, he really did his best to, to look out for me while I was growing up and to be there for me and try to be that father figure for me. But it kind of felt like I was a charity case a little bit, you know, kind of felt like, you know, when he would include me with things with Keenan and Kai, and I would be very appreciative of him including me, but it just felt like I was a charity case and I ain't no damn charity case. It just felt like I was a third wheel and I don't like embarking on, you know, people and stuff like that. But now I'm very appreciative of him including me and making sure that, you know, I didn't feel left out. But it's crazy because I never forget that day you called me in high school. I was in high school. My sophomore year, I hadn't talked to you in like eight years. And I remember how ecstatic I was when I got that phone call that night. It was a Friday night. I never forget. I was upstairs playing the game. My phone rang. It was an unknown number. I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> I knew exactly who it was. I couldn't answer that damn phone fast enough. But I was excited that day. But the day they told me you was coming home last year, well, two years ago, almost, in 2019. Man, say. I remember I I forgot where I was when the news broke. But I remember where I was the day you actually touched down in Waco. I was at work, you know, Facebook blowing up, everything blowing up. I do remember having my conversation with my sister when it was when we found out you was coming home. And she was like, you know, do you want to go down there with me on the 17th? You know, because I'm out the country. You know, you know, she stayed before the pandemic. She stayed out the country. You know, I'm out the country right now. So would you want to go with me? And I told her, I'll never forget what I told her. I said, look, I love you. I love you. I will go back down there with you on the 17th. But, baby sister, I have waited long enough. I ain't waiting no more. (laughs) I've waited my entire life for this. And she understood that. And she was like, I know, I know. I just want to be there. And that's how I always envisioned us being together for the first time. And I know I had maybe like one or two opportunities. I could have came and saw you while you were away, but that's not how I envisioned it in my mind. I didn't want to see you in that circumstance. That's not how I pictured it. I pictured it how exactly, almost how it happened. It was just us three, me, you, and Marika. And I remember I I was like, I'm going down there that day. I don't give a damn if I got to work the next day. I'll call in. I'll I got to meet this man. I remember you hit me up and you was like, nah, I got to put you on the waiting list. I got to put you on this list. So come down this Saturday. I'm like, okay, cool. And that was on a Wednesday you came home. I didn't go to sleep that Wednesday, that Thursday, or that Friday. I was so excited. I was so excited. I was, but I was also nervous too. I was excited. I was nervous. I was going through it. I remember I was telling my friend and uh, my sister, I was like, 
I'm nervous. Like I'm, I don't know what was wrong with me. I was going through it. I remember driving down there that Saturday morning and not playing no music. I'm not talking to nobody on the phone. It's just me riding in silence. And <laughs> through each town I pass, I'm going through Itasca. I'm going through Hillsborough. I'm going, you know, through each town. My heart rate is just, is skyrocketing. My heart beating fast. I'm sweating, hyperventilating. I'm going through it. Like you would have thought, I don't know what you would have thought, but I was going through it. I'm nervous because it seemed real, but it didn't seem real. I remember we pulled up to Waco. <laughs> I passed Martin Luther King and I passed some, uh, McLean Stadium. I'm damn near about to have a panic attack. And I'm like, I'm about to meet my pops. Like, this is, this shit is unreal right now. Now I remember I'm pulling to the parking lot. Me and Mark got there at the same time. I remember pulling to the parking lot and she is calm, cool, collected. This shit is a breeze to her. And I'm looking at her like, well, I know she had seen, you know, she had seen you and stuff like that and had already seen you and stuff like that. So this experience was different for her than it was for me. Me, I'm like, I feel like I'm about to meet. I, it's, it's that same feeling, I think, when athletes say they met Michael Jordan for the first time. Like, it didn't seem real. Like, he felt like some type of godly figure. And I ain't saying he was God, but it just didn't come it just didn't seem real because this is something and I truly don't think people understood how bad I wanted to meet my pops. I don't think people truly understood how much of a relationship I wanted with my pops, with you. You know what I'm saying? Like people didn't understand that. People still don't understand that, you know? So I remember us walking inside those. We was walking to the door. My palms are sweating. Like, I am not holding it together right now. And in my mind, all I'm saying in my head is, Jared, you better not cry. Jared, you better get get this shit together. You better get it together. <laughs> we will not be doing none of that today. Oh, hell no. Get your shit together, dog. So we uh we walk in the doors. And they ask who we here for. And they ask us to sign in. We say we're here for Mark Evans, and we sign in and get my license and stuff. And I remember Mark signs in first. And the guy comes from around the back. He said, are y'all here for Mark? All right, I'm going to go get him real quick. That was probably my heart rate. If it wasn't at 160 right then, it jumped to 200. And then also my heart rate is beating fast, thumping, but it's no longer in my chest. It's in my stomach. And I'm nervous because he would say, let me go get him real quick. That was, okay, now this is real. My dad is going to come back on the other side of that threshold. This moment I've been waiting for my entire life. And I remember signing in, and I'm looking out of my peripheral, and I see this man just walk out. And he's giving my sister a hug. And y'all embrace for a good minute. And I step back. And y'all, y'all stop hugging. And then you look at me and I look at you. And in that moment, for those like two to three seconds, 
nothing else mattered. Like it finally, it finally felt like I was at, have found the peace I had been looking for in my life. That piece to that puzzle that we call life. Well, this big ass piece, I finally found it. And it's placed right where it should be. I said, you hugged me and we kind of gave each other that about damn time. Like finally, finally, after 20 some years, finally. Father and son, like finally. And, uh, I remember my heart rate immediately went back down to 100 shot back up to the middle of my chest all the nerves that went away because everything I felt right everything I felt in place everything I felt like it was supposed to be and I told people all the time look I have I'm not married I don't have kids I pray to God that's in the cards for me one day but that was the happiest moment I ever been in my life ever by far and can't nothing really I don't I, I said only those two things I think could top that me and my dad, like, and it's crazy to think, like, oh, just me, nah. But for me, meeting my dad was the happiest day of my life. I'm not going to lie to you, I could have died in that moment right there and been at peace. And I remember coming back down three straight weekends in a row. That weekend, the next weekend with Unc, and then Thanksgiving weekend. And the thing about the Thanksgiving trip was I had beat my sister down there. And so me and you... Got some one-on-one time, and it's the only one-on-one time that we ever got. And you sat there, and we talked, and you was like, we can't make up for 23-plus years. We can't. We can't make up for the time that's lost, but we can look forward to the future. And basically, you was telling me, like, bro, you got your dad. Your dad is here. I know you you know, you know you got your mama and stuff like that, but I'm here now. And we're going to kick it. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be father and son. And in that moment, after I left, I just started making plans in my head of what, what I wanted us to do. I wanted to get you a all black and red 49ers jersey that had black on the, on the back as the name and get you the number 25 because that's the number that we shared was 25. You was born February 25th. I was born August 25th. I want to take you to a San Fran game in San Fran when you was able to travel. You know, I wanted to, you know, see what all that shit you was talking about, beat me in basketball and PlayStation because I'm, I'm competitive and I see where I get it from. I said, I'm a good shit talking. I'm competitive and I see where I get it from. <laughs> but nah, I'll just like, I just had these plans. Like we was going to kick it. We was going to kick it. And I remember the last time I saw you was February of 2020. For your birthday, I came down there with my homies, Merlin and Corbin. <laughs> we sitting there, everybody, all the family at Tony's. So it was just us for, you know, a couple of like, like maybe like 10, 15 minutes before everybody started coming over to the house. And we sitting there kicking it, watching the Bailey game, and everybody started coming over. And that was just an experience in itself to see how everybody just came over and just gravitated you, how you was. The center of attention, like, man, that go my dad right there. Like, how, like, I felt like a kid again. I said, I felt like a kid again. And everybody telling you, you know, what they got to put you on. And, you know, they got to get you on this. They got to get you on that. And, you know, you good. You know, it's just seeing the, I mean, I had never been around the family, but seeing people come together because of you 
was an experience to see. And I remember when we left, we got in the car. I'm going to know. I remember what you told Corbin and Merlin before we left. You was like, hey, man, y'all ever in Waco? And y'all just driving by or y'all just visiting? Y'all know where I stay? Man, y'all can come over anytime. Look, yeah, Jared ain't got to be with you. Come over. <laughs> and I remember we got in the car <clears throat> leaving. Corbin was like, bro, your dad cool as shit, dog. I swear to God, your dad cool as shit. Like, your dad cool as like, I can kick with your pops anytime, bro. Ren was like, yeah, bro, we got to get your dad up there, bro. You're like, your dad is cool as hell. And that made me feel like a kid. Like, all oh, these niggas tell me I got the cool parent. You know what I'm saying? My pops was cool. But uh, it was, that was, that was a cool time. And then, you know, next month, COVID ended up happening. So all these plans that I have got to be put on hold, you know, because we didn't know what COVID was at the time. Everything was kind of, you know, a lot of information was out there. We're not understanding it. People getting together, they're not supposed to. People on, you know, ventilators in hospitals, you know, to capacity, not enough beds. And, you know, my best friend is a damn pharmacist in Corbin. So he telling us, like, hey, we need to take this shit serious. So I wasn't able to come down there like I wanted to. Wasn't able to really be around my mom. And she stayed down the street from me, you know. So it was it was hard. But I was like, you know. I you know I can call my, my my dad anytime I want to. I can Facetime him, you know. So it didn't. I was like, you know what? If this got to be put on hold. Then let's do that. But and what kind of sits with me and kind of really fucks with me is that I thought I had time, and that's the biggest mistake I made was thinking I had time, and I didn't. And it's crazy how life worked. OG is that. I go from November 2019, the happiest time of my life, to just a year later, November 2020, and I'm heartbroken. I said, because that phone call I got from Mark that morning, it didn't, it broke my heart. Like it, it tore my heart into a million pieces. And at first, when she told me, I couldn't, I couldn't register it. And I try to make sense of a lot of things and like, why, you know? And I couldn't, I can't like, like, what, what you mean, daddy died? Like, I didn't, I, I, I didn't believe it. I didn't. So I'm sitting here like, ain't no way in hell my daddy dead. Like, no, like, I don't care what she talking about until somebody else called me because she not down there. So ain't no way in hell my daddy dead. No, you're not telling me my daddy dead. He just came home last year. No, I ain't get the time that I thought I was going to. Nah, mm -mm. this can't be. I just talked to him. And then I remember twin calling me before he even said hello. He, you know, I picked up the phone. He was like, man, I hate to break it to him. And then I knew. I knew you was gone. And uh, I'm sitting here crying. And they're not really just tears of sadness, but more of anger. Because I'm like, how the fuck can this happen? 
Like, why is this happening to me? Like, I didn't understand that. I couldn't fathom that. Like, my dad died. And he just came home. I just said hello to this man. Now I got to say goodbye. That's all I get is a year. And OG, if I knew I just had a year. Oh, if I knew I had a year. I would have I would have moved back to Waco that entire year. <laughs> if I knew I had a year. I said like how? This don't this don't no, this ain't supposed to happen to me. Like we supposed to have way more time than this. Like, nah. Cause you came home for a year, but I didn't get a year. I got four days. Matter of fact, I didn't even get four days. I got four hours. Because each time I saw you, it was only for an hour. So I'm thinking, I got robbed. And I felt like the universe was playing with me. And it put me in a bad spot. Because it felt like that insurance commercial. Of that lady who needs some money. And she in a retail store. And that old man got that dollar on, him, on the end of a fishing pole. Every time she go to grab it, he like, you got to be quicker than that. You got to be quicker than that. And I try to make sense of a lot of things that happen in my life. And if I can make sense of it, then it can help me deal with it. But I couldn't make sense of it. What are you talking about? My daddy died at three o'clock in the morning. How? What? What? Like how? Like I just talked to him. He was good. Like, no, like it didn't. It it couldn't. It didn't sit right with me. And then I'm a thinker and I'm like, so you telling me. The year my dad come home, he come home November 2020, the year my dad come home, I can't even kick it with him because we go into a global pandemic. So we got a social distance and quarantine. How that make sense? When I finally get what I want, <laughs> I can't be around my pops. <laughs> and that didn't sit right with me at all. At all, that didn't sit right with me. And I was like, man, if I could just turn back the hands of time. Because Drake got a lyric that says, I wish I can go back in life, not to change shit, but to feel a couple things twice. And if I can go back to that day I met you, I would do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Nobody understood what the hell I lost. People telling me, you know, grieve well and, I ain't know how to grieve. I ain't never lost nobody like this. Only person I lost as close to me was my granny. And she was, she was my best friend. Like me and my granny, we had a bond. It was different. It was different. I knew my, you couldn't tell me my granny ain't love me. It was different, but I knew you loved me, but it was like, we was just getting started. Like some people knew how bad I wanted this, but I don't think a lot of people knew. But a lot of people was like, you know, Death, it happens. Like, nah. I've been waiting on this shit my entire life. Now I got to say goodbye to this man? Somebody who I was just getting started, to, like I was just really starting to get to know? We were starting to build that relationship? Yeah, I couldn't. It put me in a bad spot, OG. And I'm sitting here. I wasn't working at the time, and I'm in my house, and my thoughts are just bouncing off the walls. I was sitting here looking at your obituary, and I played into that sorrow. And I know she didn't do this on purpose, but my mom calls me maybe like two weeks 
after your funeral and lets me know that she got a bad heart and she was born with a heart defect. And she's telling me that everything is going to be okay. She's telling me all these things, but all I heard was she had a bad heart. So now my depression then went into anxiety because now I'm thinking I'm about to lose my mama and my dad before the age of 30. And that didn't sit right with me. And now I think I'm about to lose everybody. I think I'm about to lose my best friend. I think I'm about to lose my cousins. Like I, I was in a hole that I could not get out of. And, um, <laughs> I was in the lowest point of my life. I was down bad. I had lost all self esteem. I said my self esteem was low. I lost all self confidence. Like I wasn't, I wasn't me. And what made me kind of mad was because <laughs> I'm damn near like Superman. I'm always there for people. I'm always there when somebody need a problem. I'm always there to save the day. I hate to sound cocky right now, but I am. Like, I don't know who I get that from. Even if the energy not reciprocated. A lot of times it's not. But I'm always there for people. Always. They know they can, can count on me. But I wasn't practicing what I preach. Because I couldn't save my damn self. And it made me mad. And it was like, yeah, I could talk to somebody. But I really couldn't vent how I wanted to. Because I didn't think nobody would understand what the hell I was going through. Because anytime I would talk to somebody, they would give me that same damn response. It's going to be okay. It's going to be. No, it's not okay. This shit ain't okay. <laughs> it's not. Quit telling me that. I'm not trying to hear that. I want my dad back, bro. Like, I'm not trying to hear this shit. And so, uh, it put me in a bad spot. Like, I, I didn't. It was like, why well, can't even get my hopes up for anything? I had high hopes for me and my pops. And now look how that happened. So watch out. I was real negative. And I remember in February, uh, I was, I had something going good with somebody. And then <laughs> I fucked it up because I was in a bad spot. I was, my confidence was low. My, my self esteem was low. I was insecure. I was a biatch. <laughs> If I could, if I could pretty much say it, yes, I was a, I was a bitch and don't know girl want no bitch. And I was, I was down bad and I, and I messed that situation up. But I say all that to say this. What can put you in that state and what can put you in that lowest point in your life I learned through this process can also get you out of it. And losing you put me in that frame of mind and put me in that state, but also thinking of you and wanting to make you proud brought me out of it and it's bringing me back out of it. Because I mean, one day I looked at my phone and I seen a picture that I saved in my phone of a letter that you sent, Marika, and it said, always remember in life, it's not about the hand that you're dealt, but it's how you play your cards. And at that time, I was not playing my cards, right? And I was worried about the hand I was dealt. I was worried about how I felt like I was robbed. I got the bad hand in all of this. And I wasn't appreciative of the time that we actually did get together and the bond we was forming. I lost all sense of that. And thinking about that really helped me kind of 
try to springboard me out of that point in my life. And I remember I got a tattoo. I said, I got a tattoo on my wrist with your initials on it. It says AAO as well above it. And you always, that's what you preach, AAO. A lot of people ask me what that means, against all odds. And then when I sit back and think, like, my life has been against all odds. You know, I've dealt with disappointment. But this, this was different. This was more than disappointment. This, losing you was the biggest L I ever took in life. And I ain't know how to come back from it. But now I do. And now I am coming back from it. <laughs> I said, and I can't be the same person I was before you died. Nah, I got to be something better. And I'm going to be something better. Everything I touch from here on out will turn to gold in due time. Nah, fuck gold. It's turning diamond, platinum. <laughs> it don't matter. Whatever you can think of. I said, and I've been working my ass off. I really wish you could see me now because I've been working my ass off and I'm continue working my ass off. I don't really think it's nobody that's going to outwork me. Only person that's going to outwork me got my last name and that's my sister. But guess what? I will outwork her ass too. I said, it's just, it's, it's, it's been real rough, but I've started to, find peace in this and it's crazy like right now it's like probably the most peaceful i've ever been in my life and the person that i really just need to vent to and talk to was you and i know you're not responding but i feel like you can hear me i feel like you can hear me and uh i just want to say thank you thank you for being the world's greatest dad even though we didn't have that much time together. I want to thank you for helping me get out of this bad spot in my life, even though you're not here. Thank you for looking out for me. And you continue to look out for me, even though you're not here. But uh I want you to get your rest now. I want you to rest up because we will see each other one day. Ain't a doubt in my mind. We will see each other again. And I just want to say when we do, Oh, it's going to be up. <laughs> it's going to be up. But I just want to say I thank you. I love you. Until we meet again, OG. Happy Father's Day. Love you, nigga.